many companies nowadays need multiple compliance requirements. And so being able to have a structured control that is monitored and then mapped to multiple frameworks allows you to easily demonstrate that you are compliant. Welcome to the Innovation and in Compliance Podcast, part of the Compliance Podcast Network. Join us every week as we talk with industry innovators who are making compliance to help business run more efficiently and at the end of the day, more profitably. Here's your host, Tom Fox. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox back for another episode. And today I have with me Eva Pitas, who is the founder of Leica. It is billed as, quote, the complete compliance solution. And anyone who's listened to any of my podcasts knows when you run across a term like that, well, you have to explore it. So Eva, with that incredibly long-winded introduction, first of all, welcome and thank you so much for taking the time to visit with me today. Yes, I'm really happy to be here, Tom. Thank you for inviting me. So could you tell us a little bit about your professional background? Yes, happy to. So I'm a now entrepreneur, but I'm a former banker. I spent over 20 years at Citigroup. First part of my career was in finance, and I held numerous roles as CFO of different business units. And then the latter part of my career, I started in risk and control and compliance functions. I led those functions for large parts of the bank. At the time that I left in 2014, I, I was running IT risk and control for the institutional business. That was about half the bank. Then left, left City. Fast forward a couple of years, I started a boutique consultancy, the RCG, uh, specifically helping startup companies get vendor ready. And we can dig into that a little more later. And then in 2019, founded Leica with my two co-founders. So we founded Leica in 2019. So this episode is going out over a podcast called Innovation and Compliance. Mm -hmm. So you hit both. You hit compliance and you hit innovation, which was why I was so intrigued to be able to visit with you. But perhaps I could start off with what led you to found Leica? Yeah, so it's a great story. I'm very excited to share it. As I said, I was running IT risk and control for Citigroup. And I was there even after the financial crisis, after 2008, regulatory compliance and, and really getting out of that the situation that Citigroup was in at the time was like a priority for us. And I was definitely part of that change and part of the response and a strong response to that. Uh, but what was started happening as well is there was this rise of fintech that was happening outside of the bank and hearing more and more about fintechs. And in 2014, I decided that I wanted to be part of that. I didn't know exactly what that would look like. And so I decided to leave. At the same time, vendor risk was really growing as a key operational risk that hadn't been focused on. The regulators were OCC and the Fed, for example, on the banking side had issued guidance the year before. I was part of that response. And so vendor risk, all the third-party risk and compliance obligations and really being able to manage those vendors with oversight and governance, what the regulators had found had been lacking. And so I left to be part of FinTech. And then what became obvious to me, as I started working with companies, is that they needed to get through these vendor procurement processes, but they didn't know, you know what those processes would look like, what the diligence would be, what the security requirements were, but it was essential to growing and scaling their business. And so I started a boutique consultancy, like I mentioned, BRCG, and I was specifically helping companies get ready for these procurement processes. SOC 2 audits were on the rise and these SOC 2 audits were essential because it gave large enterprises at least a third party attestation that these companies were operating controls and they were validated through audits. 
by working with these companies, I realized that there was an opportunity to really create a different category and a new compliance solution because of the rise of the cloud, because of the lack of professionals, really information security and compliance professionals that were really essential to these companies and needing the help to know what to implement. And then I was introduced to my two co-founders. They also had gone through audits and had had to figure it out themselves. And they thought there had to be a better way. I'd been working with companies. And so it was a natural kind of match made in heaven. And we formed like uh, soon after we met, I'd say about five months after we met. So I absolutely love that story. And I love it for a lot of reasons. First of all, many of the listeners to this podcast came from anti-corruption compliance. And the focus in anti-corruption compliance tended to be on the sales side of things, much less on the vendor or certainly the customer side. Mm -hmm. And so one of the reasons I love to talk to folks from the financial services industries and bankers such as yourself is you focused on the vendor risk much earlier than anti-corruption compliance specialists is. But it doesn't end there because then you saw the need to automate that process and really help banks and financial institutions develop a robust program around that. But it doesn't end there because then we get to the innovation. And that's really what intrigued me, that you saw the need and equally important business opportunity to create a solution that you could bring to the market to help companies in this automated process because of the vast numbers of vendors and data that's involved. So Mm -hmm. I absolutely love that story. It resonates with many anti-corruption compliance professionals Mm -hmm. because they are not as far along in that journey as you are. So with that, maybe who is your client base? Mm -hmm. And could you tell us about the complete compliance solution? I'd love to. So our customers are small and medium-sized technology companies, all innovative tech companies. I mean, nowadays, every company is a tech company, but we certainly have started on the smaller sort of startup and growth stage tech company side. Those are our customers. About the complete compliance solution, think about it as a one-stop shop. You know this compliance, it's not very straightforward. It's very nuanced, requires interpretation of a standard, of a rule of a regulation and how to apply that to your business. In addition, like we talked about, companies are being held to higher and higher standards and compliance requirements nowadays. So for example, if you operate in France, and you're a health tech company, nowadays you have to comply with the new French HDS. It's a health data standard. So there's more and more of these regulations and compliance standards that companies need to comply with. And then based on your compliance needs, you need to monitor and maintain your compliance and then also demonstrate it to an auditor, to a regulator, to a buyer. So just given all that background and why did we create a complete compliance solution? We've created a solution that is customizable. And so it's customized. We provide our customers with expert guidance to develop their compliance program, and it's built for their business, and we have dedicated compliance architects that they work with. And so it's not a check-the-box solution. We literally do a risk assessment. We understand your tech stack, the data, and we devise something that is built for you. And that's really important, especially for companies that haven't done it before. But it's also something that grows with you. And then we have powerful automation. So the automation... You know, you talked about all of this data. There's a need through, especially in the cloud nowadays, certainly to be able to continuously monitor, but also manage your controls. And with Blyka, we have powerful automation that allows companies to do that. Then we have workflows. So think about 
completing an action, a compliance action, approving a policy or doing a background check. That is in the Leica solution. And then integrated audit. So our integrated audit offering helps you seamlessly demonstrate your compliance they're full of, and that your controls are fully operational, right, to the auditors. So through, you know, implementing, maintaining, and demonstrating, and then the compliance architects, we're able to really eliminate the friction end-to-end in this compliance process. So let me translate that into Department of Justice ease speak, which is assess your risks, build out a program around your risks, monitor what you put in place and continually improve it. So you've exactly articulated what the DOJ says you have. Mm -hmm. I often am asked this question about when should a company put a compliance program Mm -hmm. in place? So I wanted to pitch it to you, given the nature of your customer base. When you sit down with a CEO or a founder who has a great fintech or tech idea, Do they understand the need to put these in place or Mm -hmm. is it still an educational process for someone like yourself? It's a great question, Tom. I would say when I first started working with companies in 2015, there was an awareness, but not really an understanding that it was critical and an important critical need that companies needed at that time. But now in today's environment, they do understand how important it is. And I would say SOC 2 is a requirement that comes to mind for most. They all know nowadays there's education around it. They know it's important. They may not understand exactly what it means to go through an audit process and that it is something that is built and then the report is actually written and could actually demonstrate that you have weaknesses. So there's education around the audit report and some of these certification requirements, but every company nowadays knows how critical and essential it is if you're a tech company to have a security and compliance program. So it sounds like it's really moved way past a nice to have, and it's almost a must have for a vendor who wants to do business with a city or you name the major financial institution. Absolutely. It's a must have. When I was at City, it was the highest risk vendors that were required. But like we talked about earlier, right, the requirements were not as great. The regulators didn't have, we didn't have the oversight and governance that was necessary. And so it was, again, more high risk vendors that were required to go through these big diligence processes and required to have these audits. But nowadays, it's pretty much every third party needs something. And what will differ is if you're a really critical or operationally significant vendor, you'll have to do it diligence process annually. For the less risky ones, they may have to update their audit report or go through diligence perhaps once every two or three years. So I'd like to focus on a term you use, the integrated audit. And could you really uh, develop that or expand on that a little bit to talk about how it can be such a powerful tool and why it's important if a regulator comes knocking, you can show them not simply the results of your audit, but how you've integrated that into your overall compliance program going forward. Yeah, I'd love it. You know, we introduced our integrated audit last year and it it really was a wild success. We know that audits are not something that most people look forward to. Certainly in my experience, they can be very painful. They're time consuming. They're definitely expensive as people are taken and resources are just taken offline to work on an audit. It's a lot of, we talked about data going back and forth, emails, screenshots, data, logs, you know, populations to be reviewed. It's very, very manual. And when we created Leica, we set out to revolutionize really how audits are performed. We looked from inception to ensure that IT audits are actually 
really performed in a way where there is no separation between the operating of your control and then the testing of that control. So really making sure that they are streamlined and they're effective. And so what you're doing in the Leica platform is also what gets audited. So it's very integrated. When we talk about integrated audit, what does that mean? So our Leica customers initiate the audit in the Leica platform. The auditors programmatically pull their populations. They programmatically test their controls and Leica customers can access all of their requests, updates, and remediations, everything in the Leica platform. And so, you know, when you think about audits and specifically IT audits, like running tests programmatically rather than by visual inspection of evidence, for example, you know, we do aim to eliminate these error-prone processes. It's really been incredible to provide a solution that eliminates the friction and also creates a higher quality audit in the same way. Who are some of the regulators your clients have to answer to or potentially answer yeah. to? Right now, our customers are really situated all over the world. As it relates to the, this integrated audit that I was referring to earlier, the AICPA is actually the author of the SOC 2 audit. So their service organization control report. It's all for all vendors, typically would be required to have a SOC 2. And so the AICPA governs that. And so when we built out Leica, we ensured that we were in keeping with the independence requirements, really, around their professional code of conduct and what they recommended. And so we ensured that we're upholding objectivity in each and every audit. As it relates to SOC 2, AICPA, but they're not a regulator. They're like the governing oversight, you know, of the SOC family. Other customers that we work with are basically going for an ISO 27001 audit. If they're working more closely with healthcare, for example, or if they're working internationally, then they might want an international security standard. Healthcare companies and many other SaaS companies require HIPAA compliance. And so today, we do work with multiple regulatory frameworks, specifically in the IT space. They can be governed by U.S. or international regulators. Let me bring up another regulator because you're in New York. New York State has the Department of Financial Services. Yes. Who is, I find to be not only a very robust regulator, but they've mm -hmm. shared a lot of information on their expectations. Do your clients that would fall under the regulatory framework of the DFS, are they able to use the solutions you provided if the DFS comes down. Yeah, yeah. So New York DFS is definitely on our radar. And I'm sure you know this, Tom, right? Many of these regulatory frameworks, there's significant overlap in these controls. And so you may implement MFA or your encryption, you know, requirements based on your policy, you know, might satisfy your SOC 2 audit, might satisfy ISO 27001 and HIPAA security rule requirements and New York DFS. And so Yes, New York DFS is absolutely something that is on our radar and our customers do need to comply with if they're operating and they hit the limits in New York. But what's really amazing about this also complete compliance solution is we recognize that many companies nowadays need multiple compliance requirements. And so being able to have a structured control that is monitored and then mapped to multiple frameworks allows you to easily demonstrate that you are compliant. Why is ISO 2701 such a powerful tool and how, or how can a company use that in some of the ways you've described? You know, like I mentioned, the international 
standard there has focused on cybersecurity, has focused on information security and having a strong information security management system. That's a key foundational part of like ISO 27001 and then the related. And I would say really fostering like, like a more strict prescriptive approach than some other frameworks. And so really starting with ISO, prescriptive implementation with the controls, because that is what they've done. And then having a strong information security management system, I think is critical and it focuses on cybersecurity, whereas other frameworks may be less prescriptive and have more requirements around sort of operational and procedural controls. Not to say that they don't matter, but the prescriptive nature of ISO is what makes it powerful. Your company website has some great resources that I'd like to maybe dive into a little bit and starting with Like a University. Yes. Uh, what is that? <laughs> so Like a University, as I mentioned earlier, one of the key differentiators for Leica versus some other solutions is that we recognized early on that not every company, first of all, has the expertise for all of these requirements that are now becoming more and more prevalent. Right. And companies need to have more and more certifications, requirements, as I mentioned, the HCS, G5, ISO, PCI, etc. What Leica does is provide expert guidance. And so we have subject matter experts that are part of our solution that help our companies implement and then maintain compliance and really stay on top of that. And so Leica University is essential because we are ensuring that that expertise that we've hired, that we have built in with our subject matter experts, that they are actually continuing to refresh their training, learn new requirements and regulations and continue to grow. And then they can then educate and continue to support and partner our customers, really creating this cycle of learning and innovation around compliance and the compliance frameworks and security. I'd like to ask you about a couple of specific standards. The first is the payment card industry data security standards. Mm -hmm. uh, what is that and how has that come into play with some of the clients you work with? Yeah, so years ago, you know, some of these standards are great because what happens specifically with some of the regulations, they're not very prescriptive. And so it leaves a lot of room for judgment. Years ago, the credit card industry got together because there was a lack of unification and a lack of standard around protecting payment data, credit card information. So there was you know, federal law, but that wasn't really prescriptive in how the data would be actually protected. The credit card industry got together. They came up with this PCI data security standard, and it has been in place since. Similar to ISO, extremely, extremely prescriptive which is critical, one of the most robust information security, I would say, and data protection standards out there. But the industry had to get together to actually come up with sort of a prescriptive way to enforce and to measure compliance. And how about the open finance data security standard? <laughs> so that one's another one. Plaid and the rest of their partners who they're working with are looking to create another standard for open finance. Similarly, leaving some of the enterprises and the subjectivity, because enterprises can subjectively create their own programs, how they're going to evaluate their vendors. And there's so much interconnectivity right now in the financial system. And what the Open Finance Data Security Standard is laying to do is to really create a more prescriptive way where, let's say, a enterprise who is working with a 
Plaid, for example, or another fintech who is then has another customer base. So think about fourth party where they can have a good line of sight and understanding that the controls are operating and they are effectively meeting a minimum requirement. So it is creating a minimum requirement so there is less subjectivity in how these fintechs are being evaluated. And it takes the risk out because there's a lot of risk in that when you have a lot of subjectivity and everyone's sort of evaluating a company their own way. This looks to eliminate that. One of the themes I'm picking up by visiting with you, Eva, is that you're taking standards which you've described uh, several times as prescriptive, but with complete compliance solution, you've actually turned that into an operational tool. Mm -hmm. So first of all, if that's number one, a fair assessment, number two, is that where you see the power of this going down the road? Yeah, that's absolutely the case. I think the power of being able to effectively implement, automatically monitor, demonstrate, evolve, and then test. So that ability to give you know, the goal ultimately really for Leica is not only to help companies grow, but to create a safer ecosystem as innovation continues to thrive. And so through the standardization, through automation, through programmatically, you know, validating that controls are effectively operating, we are creating safety in the marketplace more broadly. When you name the title of the podcast in your remarks, you get a special gold star and you just did. I wrote down creating a greater compliance ecosystem. Yay. That worked? Okay. <laughs> yes. I did a fair amount of research to prepare for this podcast, and I came across something you said, which was essentially why the tech space is where women should be. Mm -hmm. If that, if I got that right, why did you say that? And, and do you still feel that way today? Absolutely. Technology, it's not only the future, it's here. Every company is a technology company nowadays. And I think historically, women have thought of tech as needing to be an engineer or a computer science, have a computer science background. And that's not necessarily the case. I think the future is tech. And I think women don't have to be engineers or computer science majors. They can join. There's so many different roles that are being created every day, even in Leica, for example, We've created so many roles. We have compliance architects. There's a customer success function. We have marketing roles. Yes, you need to be passionate about technology. Be curious, be innovative, but it's absolutely the future. And I think women definitely need to embrace that and join tech so that they are part of this future and creating the innovation that is happening in the marketplace, I would say, and in really in changing the world. And they have to be okay and be open to that. And that's what I recommend. Uh, and that's why I say it's the place for women and they shouldn't be afraid of it. And they shouldn't feel that it's just a place if you're a techie. <laughs> Eva, unfortunately, we're near the end of our time for yeah. this episode. But before we leave, I wanted to ask you if any of our listeners wanted any more information on any of the topics we touched on, on Leica, or wanted to maybe visit further with you, what would be the best way for them to do so? The best place would be certainly to visit our website. We are at heylaika, H-E-Y-L-A-I-K-A.com. We have a ton of resources there, lots of our pieces. You can follow us on LinkedIn and on Twitter. So we're there as well. And then always happy for anyone to reach out, Eva at heylaika. And I'd love to hear from all of you compliance folks. So I didn't tell you when we started the criteria for what 
I think makes a great podcast, but it's two. Mm-hmm. Number one, how much did I learn? And number two, how much fun did I have? Well, you scored 10 on both. So I greatly hope we can continue this conversation. Thank you so much, Tom. I really had a great time too. Thanks so much. If you want to stay up to date on the latest innovations in compliance and help your business run more efficiently, subscribe to this podcast and help spread the word by leaving a review. 